to the Salted Carmel Podcast from Our Lady of Mount Carmel Parish in Carmel, Indiana, where we talk about in sharing individual faith stories. I'm Jody Curtis, a parishioner, and with me is my co-host, David Cook. He's the Stewardship Director at Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Our guest today is Caroline Owens. Hey, how are you doing, Caroline? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Yeah, pretty good. Thanks for joining us. Having a good morning so far. So can you uh, introduce yourself to everybody? Share what you want to share? Absolutely. So as I said, my name is Caroline Owens. I'm 22 years old and I have grown up in Carmel. I have been a prisoner at Our Lady from the time that I was born. So this is home for me. I am soon about to be traveling to Washington, D.C. to begin a career, kind of build a new life there as an account manager with a marketing agency. So I'm really excited to do that. That's kind of been on pull been put on hold from everything going on with the coronavirus, but that will be kind of happening at the end of May. And I graduated from Carmel High School and then Ball State University this past December. And I have a podcast called She Believed. And that is really just a tool to minister to young adult women really in their late teens, early 20s to kind of help them just explore kind of what it means to be a woman of faith and how to live that out in our culture today. So I'd say that's really what my passion is to serve women, journey alongside them. And that passion has really come from just the ministering that I've encountered through my time at Our Lady in college. And so it's really neat to be on this podcast and to share that because I'm sure so many people listening are the ones that have inspired me along the way. So, Caroline, you said you grew up in the Catholic faith. Do you do you remember even a life before Christ? Yeah, so I it's I always struggle with that because I always really I really love the testimonies that like have that really sharp conversion moment where they're like everything just changed, you know, like a Saul moment. And I just don't I don't have that unfortunately. Like it's fortunately, you know, I mean everyone has a different type of story. But yeah, I mean, growing up the faith, I went to Our Lady Mount Carmel School for grade school. My family would pray together at home. We would go to mass together as a family. So there never really was a time when like Jesus wasn't a part of it. Definitely there were, there were times in my life where my faith wasn't always the center of it or I wasn't praying as much as I should. But I would also say to that, like my faith was also something that was really important to me. And I felt kind of odd about that. I remember even in eighth grade, I was trying to lead Bible studies. And even though nobody would show up, like I knew, I knew that was something I was passionate about. So it's been cool to see that kind of even just grow over the years and also learn how do I take more ownership of that for myself. But yeah, there was never really that huge conversion moment, I would say, a life before Christ. Would you say that you were particularly close to Jesus growing up then? Or was it just something that your family did? Yeah, I I think from a very early age, I felt that personal relationship. And I think so much of that came from being able to watch my older siblings, my parents, even people in youth ministry. My mom taught PRE. And so I remember even going with her when I was in third grade, she taught second grade. And just I loved like feeling like I could walk alongside these kids that were like practically my age and lead them in the faith. And I think it just provided such a personal experience for me that it felt like, oh, I know who Jesus is. And my one struggle was that I felt like I never really, yeah, I can't like spew Bible passages out at you. Like I couldn't like quote the Bible. And I think that's something that as I've grown up and I've been friends with a lot of more Protestants, like I'm like, oh, wow, that's something I want to learn. I think I've got that personal relationship down. But I think coming more so as I get older into kind of more of that theological side of coming into the head knowledge of knowing more about the church. So that's kind of where I feel like my path is going nowadays. Well, you mentioned not having one concrete moment, but one, one thing I would ask kind of consistently growing up with a relationship, what was 
what's one time where you felt closest to God in your relationship with him? You felt like total bliss, total love from him, and you just like knew you still wanted to live for him. Yeah, so I would even tag like my reversion moment, my big reversion moment as the confirmation retreat where I just felt like so close to God and just, I think witnessing for the first time, like a bunch of other kids my age, like actually intrigued by Jesus. And like I said, if I always kind of had that moment, it was, I think so life-changing for me seeing other kids my age recognize like this guy's the real deal. There's like something amazing here in this Catholic faith. And really it was on confirmation that I felt like this call to surf more because I was able to see college women living out their faith so beautifully while also kind of just being normal and cool and living their like everyday normal life. And I was like, that's what I want to be. I want to be that example for other women. And since then, I have been a leader on the confirmation retreat about, I think, six times from the moment I was able to help. I've been helping. And even this year, I'm leading virtually. And I was actually just having a conversation yesterday with my co-leader talking about just the gifts that we receive at confirmation um, when like the Holy Spirit actually reveals to us and like sends us out. And I, it's just so funny because I never put those two and two together that that was really my launching point in recognizing my call and the gifts that God has given me to go out and serve other women. So whether that's through my podcast or the Bible studies that I've led, like, yeah, that was the moment where I actually felt like, yeah, the Holy Spirit came upon me and sent me out into the world. And Caroline, tell us more about your ministry and what led you to start it. Yeah. So like I said, that jumping point was really confirmation of seeing those college age women. I was just so mesmerized by them. And so when I went into college, I kind of had that example already. I knew what I wanted to live. Like I knew that my faith was important to me. I wasn't going to be one of the people that went off to college and totally abandoned their faith. I got involved with Focus on Campus really early on, but I just didn't really connect with people at the Newman Center. I just felt like it wasn't really my crowd besides the fact that we related on our faith. And so I ended up going through sorority recruitment, which was like a little polarizing for people in the faith. And I know like even at my Newman Center, I felt like I got a few like, oh, what is that? Like, why are you doing that? But really, I felt like I felt this call that like God wanted to use me there to begin my ministry because I felt like I could relate to those women and I had something to offer. And so I began leading a Bible study in my sorority my freshman year. And it was like one other freshman girl, some juniors, seniors, like people that I should not have been leading. Um, But I felt that like confidence from, yeah, the confirmation retreat and leading those high school women and being led by the other college women that I was like, I felt like I had a good example to lead by. And so that kind of began. And then my sophomore year, I began an Instagram blog called The College Catholic, where it kind of started out as a journal online to really just share how do you live out your faith in college? Like, how can you still enjoy college and live your life like a normal person while still embracing your faith? And like, how can you be in a sorority and not partake in all the party culture and the hookup culture and still have fun? You know, like what is fun and like true joy. And so my mission was to really just share that with people. And it was really neat to see how, yeah, I was not alone in that. And other people had those similar desires, but weren't really sure how to live that out. So it kind of started there. And then as I graduated college from the beginning, it's always like, what am I going to do after college? What am I going to call myself when I'm not in college anymore? And so I decided to kind of just move towards rebranding myself as Caroline Rose Owens, which is just my full name. And I I did that because I felt that you rebranded yourself to your original name, right? My original name. (laughs) But it's funny because that's why I actually rebranded my name, my, my brand to my name, because I felt like God was 
yeah, all, all the way throughout college, like showing me more of myself, like revealing more of who he created me to be. And so no longer was I clinging to other identities, like being in college, being in a sorority, but like it was time to like own who I was individually created to be. And from that, then I really just desired to build more community online and just kind of wondering how am I supposed to be using my gifts more. And last summer, summer 2019, I started listening to podcasts for the first time, which I was very behind in, but I just immediately was so drawn in because it felt like such a personal conversation. And growing up, I always struggled to identify what my gifts were. I, I'm not very like artistic. I can't sing. Like there's nothing very like tangible that I knew I was good at, but I knew my gift was connecting with people, having conversation. And yeah, a flip just kind of switched in my mind when I started listening to podcasts. I was like, this is the way that I'm being called to minister. This is the way that I know I can use my gifts to reach other women. And so in December is finally when that all came to be. And that's when I launched the She Believed podcast to really just be an extra tool. So to move from just that Instagram blog into another form of communicating and really ministering to women. Uh, going back to the beginning, like starting starting a Bible study in sorority, like did you have a lot of fear with that? I mean, that would be really isolating for a lot of people. Did you feel like you'd yeah. be the black sheep anyway? Yeah, so it was very intimidating. I had led like Bible studies before, like I said, in eighth grade, I was trying to do that. I was involved in Antioch and all that kind of stuff. So the fundamentals of it wasn't super intimidating, but it was more so the crowd that you're ministering to, right? Like sorority girls, that's not really the ones that you're out there promoting Bible study to. But from the moment I stepped foot on Ball State's campus, it was it was really bizarre. Like I felt kind of targeted because I felt like everyone I met was Catholic or had some relation to the Catholic church. They went to Catholic school or they were Catholic when they were younger. And I just would like go to mass and see all these people from my dorm or my sorority. And I was like, this is just really bizarre. And then I remember um, I had this desire to like start a Bible study. And then I saw a girl post from my sorority in our like Facebook group saying, hey, I'm Catholic. Lent's coming up for Lent. I really want to start going to mass every Sunday. Are there any other Catholics? And I was like, it was, I just remember sitting in my bed and thinking like, Jesus, like, I feel like you're like directly calling me out, telling me like, Caroline, like, this is your mission. Like, you better take this on and not back away. And so it was from that that I started like leading this Bible study and my focus missionary really helped me like kind of get that all on board. And there was a few girls that I had known already from the Newman Center who were in my sorority, some that were in other sororities. And so we started really small and we had about three girls. And then the year later, it kind of dwindled down from two and then we'd go to four and then three, like it was very small. But then by the time I got to my senior year, we had 25 women in the Bible study and we couldn't even fit in my living room. Like it was, it was just insane. And some of those women who were there from the very beginning, like we would just look at each other and be like, how, how did this happen? And for a while I was like, yeah, I have absolutely no idea. But then when I kind of took the time to go back and think like, yeah, how did we go from like two women to 25? it was the boldness that it took. And it was me becoming more comfortable in extending an invitation. No longer was I was like, before when I first started, I was like, okay, I have to know they're Catholic. I have to know that they're practicing their faith. I have to know they're going to say yes to a Bible study. Where as I got older and I became more comfortable and I, I really believed the mission and I believed like, hey, God can reach anyone. Like I just have to be willing to extend that invitation that 
I started inviting just more random people to say that I knew maybe wouldn't say yes. And then they would say yes. And then they'd show up and then they'd come for a couple of weeks and invite a friend and then they would bring a friend. And it was just so cool to see how just one simple invitation could turn into five to lead to 25. So yeah, it, it definitely was a journey. Well, you just persisted through, you know, a lot of people I've seen give up after, oh, we've had two people for last year. I'm done. You <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. it's like, no, you just kept inviting. So that's a good message for all of us to 100%. keep inviting. Yeah. And I think that's the key to, to key to any ministry. If you have one person show up or one person listens to this podcast, like you have to believe like, okay, that's enough. Like if one person's heart is being changed for Christ, like I have to trust that like God just wanted that one person to listen and to like persevere through that of like the pride of like, oh, well, I must not be good doing a good job if only one person is coming to my Bible study or et cetera, but just trust that he'll continue to make it fruitful. Well, we talked about it before we started recording, but I got to ask publicly, why aren't you doing focus? Like what, what so, happened there for David, discernment? Question. <laughs> so I was telling David that I was an intern with focus in their marketing department, my sophomore year of college. And I actually went on a recruitment with a recruitment weekend with focus where you interview and I was actually extended an offer and decided not to take it because I felt like God was calling me elsewhere. And Honestly, like, I think that's really hard to be someone who, yeah, has felt like they've had a close relationship with Christ their whole life. And then you grow up. And I remember even my freshman year of college, the missionaries were like, are you going to be a focused missionary? And I'm like, I'm a freshman. I got a long time. And so when it came time for my senior year, I felt a lot of pressure to be a missionary and just like felt this pull of like, okay, this is something really good, but I don't necessarily feel called here. So like, how do I know where to go? But through just a lot of prayer and discernment, like when I went on that recruitment week and I felt so clearly God saying like, Caroline, like this is not where I need you right now. And I wasn't, I wasn't fully sure when I said no, that God was going to provide something else, but he has. And I just know like moving to DC and the job that I have there is exactly where he wants me and gives me the ability to continue my other ministry with my podcasts and things like that. So I think focus is awesome. I am a full supporter. I think I, I encourage everyone to just go on a recruitment weekend and see it's, it's also just so fun. Like it's literally like the time of my life I had in Colorado when I went, but yeah, I mean, it's not for everyone. Like not everyone's called to be a formal missionary. And Caroline, exactly. you know what, our lady, we like to say that we're grateful no matter what, what are you specifically grateful for this week? Mm, this week, I would say I'm really grateful for first my family. We have just all been together during this quarantine, which I have a brother in college, a sister who already lives in DC, a sister that's married and has a family. And just the fact that we've all been together, like in the same house for the first time in a really long time and probably the last time ever. I mean, who knows unless we have another pandemic or something, but it's just been, it's been so fun to see just all of us back together at such different stages of life now than when we were back in the house when we were younger. And it's, it's not always easy. It's easy to lose patience and things like that. We're not, not the perfect family, but it is just so fun. And my siblings are my best friends. So it's really nice to be with them. Well, Caroline, we're trying to redeem the phrase staying salty. We're trying, <laughs> we're trying to make it uh, be something. How are you staying a good disciple? <laughs> how are you keeping your salt? Because you're the salt of the earth. So how are you staying salty this week specifically? Okay, so staying salty this week, I would say, yeah, ministering to the women that are in my community right now. Uh, we put out a podcast this week about chastity and Christian dating, which is always kind of a fun topic to discuss. So really, I've just been having a lot of conversations with women about 
yeah, how do we pursue forward with emotional chastity? And what if we've made mistakes in the past? So kind of just being an encouragement for women um, who maybe have a lot of shame or are fearful about sharing kind of their story regarding that, but kind of just giving them the hope that, hey, Christ redeems all things and that you're never too far gone for him to come find you. All right. Tell us one more time for our listeners. What's the name of your podcast? She Believed. And you can find that on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you listen. Well, thank you. It's been an absolute joy. It sure has. Thank you for joining us and for sharing your story with us. Well, make it a great day and God bless you, Carolyn. Thank you. You too. Thanks. Jody, we just heard from Caroline Owens about her story. What do you think the call to action should be this week? I think our call to action is to invite and invite again and invite again. We heard Caroline share about when she was building her own community and trying to build a Bible study. And it took her several years to get and saw up and down and two people, three people, four people, and eventually ended up with 25. But it took some persistence and it took lots of invitations. So I encourage all of our listeners to think about how can we invite someone to an event, to come to Mass to us, to anything that's going on at the church, or even to invite them to a conversation with you to Just share coffee, about, yeah. their, about their faith. Great call to action, and stay salty, everybody. Let's end with a prayer. God, our Father, I pray that through the Holy Spirit, I might hear the call of the new evangelization to deepen my faith grow in confidence to proclaim the gospel and boldly witness to the saving grace of your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for listening today. And stay salty. Stay salty.